this is what's amazing about the industry, and it's also sad and frustrating that literally everyone you talk to has some horror story about yeah. whatever home improvement experience they've had, right? Yeah. Whether it's nobody calls them back, or or they call you back and they come in and they take and, and they start a process or a project and they leave, mm-hmm. they take half the money and they walk away, or it's unfortunate. Now, all that being said. There are amazing contractors out there. And what was interesting about this is that, like, as I applied a lot of my MoFilm experience, you know, there are good filmmakers and there are crap filmmakers, right? There are trustworthy, reliable filmmakers and they're assholes, right? This is the nature of that space. And I firmly believe that if you have a platform that is of the highest integrity and that focuses on sort of delivering core elements of quality and convenience and trust and credibility, you know, you're going to attract the right people. And yeah. if you don't, you have to set up a system of accountability that allows you to get rid of that pe- those people, mm-hmm. the bad apples, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, f- for us, um, you know, when we, when we think about the nuts and bolts of the industry, it was like, this is a great opportunity for us to kind of bring a level of service to an industry that heretofore hasn't had that. Right? All right, welcome back to the Three South Podcast. Got a good one this week. It is with Hingham resident Alex Arata. So Alex is the co-founder of a South Shore-based business called Sidekick. Basically, Sidekick is a one-stop shop property management platform for your home. So for example, if you have, you know, you need you want the house painted or you want a light fixed or you need a plumber to uh, you know, fix the sink or whatever it is, uh, Sidekick is your single point of contact. So instead of kind of searching around for a plumber or searching around for a handyman or whatever, you just shoot um, Sidekick a message, uh, whether it's a text or, or a Facebook message, and they get right back to you. Uh, and they do, you know, jobs of all com- complexity from kind of your basic, you know, replace something all the way up to um, sort of, uh, bigger projects like redoing your kitchen. Um, and they handle, um, all the bids, they schedule the job, they make sure it's complete and they handle payment. And, uh, you know, you as a consumer, uh, you know, don't pay anything until, uh, the job's completed to your satisfaction. And it's just a really cool community they've formed with Sidekick. Uh, it feels like, you know, you know, when somebody comes into your home and I'll let Alex tell the rest of this, but, when somebody comes into your home, it's a very personal thing. Uh, and the way they've kind of set this up and, and vetted uh, this sort of group of contractors, it really feels like, you know, your neighbor is coming over to uh, fix the sink or, or you know, your, your, you know, somebody in the area uh, that has been vetted that is, you know, a friend of Sidekick that is in the Sidekick network is coming to your house to, to tackle the job. So it's just more personal uh, it's, it's so needed. It's so hard to find contractors and things like that when you have something uh, you need for your home and you don't know if they're screwing you with price. You don't know who to trust. It's just a industry that, um, you know, needs, uh, this type of, uh, service and sidekick is just so cool. So I encourage you guys to check them out. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let Alex tell the rest. Uh, it's an awesome, you know, tech enabled startup, right here on the South Shore. They're expanding big time. 
Um, in 2018, they're having all kinds of success. Um, and you'll hear why um, in this episode with their approach and, and why they're doing uh, so well. So without further ado, the incredible Alex Arata. All right, I'm here with Alex Arata. We're in the Sidekick Home home office down here in Hingham. Headquarters. Yeah, thanks for doing this. Absolutely, man. Anything. I'm, uh, I'm fired up to have you on here. And uh, we connected, uh, what, two years ago now? Is it two years? It might be two years. Actually, you know, I think it was two years uh, like this winter. Yeah. yeah. So a while ago. Yeah, a while right when you were starting yeah. uh, Sidekick Home. Yeah. Is it the full name Sidekick Home or just Sidekick? Well, so we. I don't want. I don't want to miss say it the entire time. <laughs> the name is Sidekick. The, okay. the the official legal name is Sidekick Technologies. Okay. Um, the customer name is Sidekick. We go with Sidekick Home because mainly because we couldn't get Sidekick.com because gotcha. T-Mobile owns it basically. Gotcha. So so we'll so. we'll call it Sidekick, Sidekick for the home. for the remainder. Sidekick. But uh, perfect. And uh, yeah, I I totally want to get into all of what Sidekick is about and what what yeah. you're doing and. Um, and kind of what's happening with the business down here on the South Shore and beyond. But yep. um, before that, can we kind of just get some background on you in sure. terms of where you're from, life growing up, all, all that good stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am a I am a foreigner when it comes to the South Shore. I grew up on the North Shore. Oh, jeez. Uh, I know, man. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> grew up in Marblehead, and it's funny because like when I come, when I go back home. It's it's literally I have to bring my passport to get uh, accepted <laughs> there and back here. So, I uh, you know full transparency. I am uh, I resisted the South Shore for many years. My wife actually grew up in Sharon, and uh, a lot of my family and friends are back in Marblehead, and so. Uh, my wife and I met in grad school, and we lived in D.C. for a couple of years before we moved back up here. And when we came up here, we were sort of deciding where do we end up. And I was making the push for the North Shore, and her parents live in uh, in Osterville year-round, so she was making the push for the South Shore. So yeah. uh, reluctantly, I agreed. I was like, you know what, maybe we'll just rent for six months, just try Hingham out, right? Yeah. And I didn't know anything about Hingham. I drove through Hingham every time I went from Marblehead to the Cape. Basically. Yeah, right. That was the extent of my knowledge, and yeah, and that was nine years ago now, man. So I've been yeah. here. Uh, I've been here ever since. Yeah. So, um, it's great. We love it. It's uh, we as I said, we've been in this house here for I don't know eight years now. Um, I got three boys, nine, seven, and and two and a half. So a lot of heartbeats, a lot of uh, basketballs and footballs rolling around the house. But yeah. I have to say we're fully engaged now in the the town of Hingham and in the South Shore lifestyle. Yeah, which is pretty cool. nice, so. nice. And you have, for people that don't know, you have a, a pretty interesting background. I think. Yeah. Uh, so can we get into kind of like background yeah. career wise and stuff? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Mill so and all that. Uh, yeah. So let's see. I'll take you way back. Uh, yeah. Take, so it, take to, us back. I went to I went to prep school actually for uh, for high school. I went to Lawrence Academy in Groton, Mass. Um, so I was I was a boarder, which is one of those unique experiences that forces you to grow up very quickly, yeah. which was great. Um, I went to Bowdoin College in Maine, so I chose a liberal arts school just because, uh, you know, and, I, and I'll give you this context because I think it's indicative of the path I've taken since. But you know, I, I, I just, I'm a big, I've always been a big believer in, um, you know, varied experiences. And, and how, you know, when you think about like, how do you become the best person you can be? I, I just, I think people that I've had exposure to, whether it's coaches and teachers and um, you name it, like I've always drawn, been drawn to people that 
have a wide range of experiences. And I jokingly refer to sort of my approach to my life and my professional career as my liberal arts approach to it, because I just think it's really, it's, it's helped me kind of shape my perspective in life. So, so, you know, Bowdoin was a great place for me. Um, I played basketball there for four years, had a great experience, met some amazing people that to this day are um, close, close friends of mine. In fact, uh, a, a, probably a half a dozen of my fraternity brothers are, are investors in Sidekick. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. We jokingly call it like the Beta House portfolio <laughs> company. Uh, but but it just I think it speaks to... Well, I like to think it's, it speaks to the, the idea and the membership team, but I also think it speaks to the types of friendship you build um, mm. or I built in, in my time at Bowdoin. So yeah. after Bowdoin, you know, having lived, having been born and raised on the East Coast, I was like, I got to get out of here. So I went West. I lived in San Francisco for about four or five years. Uh, started in finance, in finance. I was selling mutual funds. Mm-hmm. Um, did that for a little under a year. Uh, realized finance wasn't my, my, my racket. So uh, I, this is when I, I jumped into starting a for-profit uh, educational center. Um, it's actually a division of Kaplan. Um, it was very entrepreneurial. I was, uh, the company was called SCORE, um, and it was computer-based learning, um, kindergarten through eighth grade, I think it was, if I remember mm, correctly. Cool. So I had an opportunity to open up my own center uh, in the inner Richmond in, in, uh, in San Francisco, which is a predominantly Chinese-American community. And it was really, I was, what, 24 at the time. Uh, I had to manage my own P&L. I had to do, launch my own business, basically, mm. um, build community relationships. Everything, everything that has to go into learning about entrepreneurship, um, understanding what it takes to grow a business locally. So hugely impactful experience. Yeah. Uh, really, really cool experience. I did that for two years and then uh, decided it was time, or two to three years, then decided it was time to move back east. Um, so I left SCORE uh, and I got an opportunity actually to run the uh, research division for CB Richard Ellis. <laughs> you see, I'm jumping around from yeah. industry <laughs> yeah. to industry, commercial real estate now. So just track that. We're five years into my career and I've gone from finance to for-profit education to commercial real estate. Uh, I worked as an intern actually for CB Richard Ellis, or actually at the time was Whittier Partners when I was at Bowdoin. Um, So I had some good contacts there. Mm -hmm. When I came back to Boston, I got a great opportunity to work with a team there. And uh, I've just, you know, I've been a big fan and I'm always fascinated by uh, demographics and um, sort of real estate in general Mm. uh, and understanding the sort of macroeconomics that shape areas uh like we were talking about earlier yeah. you know it's like i think it's just really interesting so it was a, it was a great experience for me to kind of get some analytical experience down right um running the research and analytics group for them um so i did that for a couple of years uh then i took uh i sort of had one of those i don't know like i'm 27 years old i was making good money um I had a good career going and I figured what better time to quit all that and, and live a bohemian lifestyle in Paris (laughs) for a year. (laughs) Nice. So that's what I did. Uh, I was about 27, 28 at the time. Um, quit my job, got an apartment in Paris, right in the, uh, uh, 14th, the Ronde Simon and didn't speak the language, still don't really speak the language, Mm. but, uh, I said, I'm just going to go and experience this in a, in a different way. So, uh, that was amazing. I mean, I could, I could, spend six more podcasts yeah. telling you about <laughs> yeah. like every day that happened there but it was um i had one friend over there that that i know i knew from from college um 
and we just had a great time. Yeah. What, what was the spark for? You just wanted to shake things up or what? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I had, I had some personal things going on in my life that, that sort of, a, that allowed me to sort of think about what's my next step. Mm. Um, I, you know, I, to be, the other big factor was, you know, having played basketball in college, I never got a chance to do, to take advantage of some of the experiences that schools offer, like yeah, travel traveling abroad. abroad and, sure. yeah. and I knew, I, I promised myself, as I'm a big sort of adventurer in, in many ways, and I promised myself that, that I would, uh, I would give it a try. You know, if I had an opportunity, I would take it. So, mm. you know, there's a few things that kind of led me to that. Um, my brother, you know, I'm, um, he's one of my best friends and he and I were living together in Cambridge at the time. And, I remember, I do remember vividly, it was like, it was one of those just, can I swear on this, by the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of those crap, awful, <laughs> shit, awful days on a February, you know, it was like February, you know, it was rainy, the the snow is gray colored, it's just nasty, yeah. right? And and I remember coming home from work, and I was just like, this isn't what I want to be doing right yeah. now. Like, yeah. And uh, my brother and I at the time were, were you know, ripping back on Saranax and other craft beers, and we yeah. were sitting there, and he said, look, why don't you just move why don't you just get up yeah. and go like you're 27 years old what are you what are you doing this for and yeah and honestly it was that conversation that inspired me to start to think about you know something like that mm. um so truth be told i had saved up my money um i this was uh this was the summer of 2001 okay and i bought a ticket and i flew to paris uh, I arrived in Paris on September 5th, 2001. Okay. So literally six days oh, before wow. 9-11. Okay. Yeah. So you can imagine uh, it was a bit of an inauspicious start. Um, mm. You know, here I am, 27 years old, don't speak the language. Um, I, the whole idea was for me to go there and try to find a job working under the working at a cafe or a bar or something like this just to make some money on the side. Yeah. Um, and once I got there and once 9-11 happened, like everything else changed. Um, it was really eye-opening experience for me, to be perfectly honest, like to get that type of, um, just to see how the world reacted to the U.S. and the sort of passion and the, or compassion and the support and, um, and sort of generosity initially yeah. that, that they showed towards us um, was really amazing. Mm. Um, and then to actually stay there through the remaining you know, 11, 12 months thereafter and see all that shift in a road yeah. over yeah. time was pretty, pretty yeah. remarkable, actually. Cool. So, so I, I just, you know, when I got there, 9-11 happened. Um, it kind of threw my plans into a little bit of a disarray because nobody was going to hire me. Um, so I said, look, I've got money in my account. I'm going to let it run as far as I can. So I ended up spending, I, my initial plan was to be there for about 18 months. I ended up spending about 10 months to 11 months there. Yeah. Um, but it was great. Yeah. The best things I've done. Nice. And then you come back and get involved with MoFilm or? No, no, that's, that's, that's <laughs> no, too easy. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, of course not. So I came back and then I, um, uh, I was sort of in, still thinking about where do I go next, and um, I got an opportunity to run uh, the research and strategy group for Cushman and Wakefield mm -hmm. uh, in Chicago. So I moved out to Chicago. Um, my brother was going into grad school out there, and I got a great opportunity to work for Cushman and Wakefield, which is a great outfit. And uh, so I ran the Midwest region for them. Uh, again, it was more honestly that was more of a way to kind of get back into my professional career. Um, and also learn a new market, which was pretty cool. So I did that for two years. And then I decided, 
should I go back to grad school? Um, you know, I didn't think I wanted to be in real estate full time anyways. Like again, if I'm, if I'm thinking about my liberal arts approach, it's like, you know, how do I continue to learn, continue yeah. to gain experiences, yeah. continue to evolve my profile and, and, uh, both personally, professionally, and even, you know, emotionally, et cetera. Um, and so I, I looked at grad schools and, you know, I, I kind of drew upon my score experience and loved the entrepreneurial nature of that and knew that if I was going to spend the money um, going to grad school, that I would want to go to a school that allowed me to really get the fundamentals and understand the fundamentals of starting a business, yeah. growing a business, being a business owner. Um, it, was, uh, it was very exciting. So I went to Babson. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was in the fall of 04. I think I started there. Uh, and it was great. I had two amazing years. I decided to go two years full time. Um, met my wife there. Um, met some great friends. In fact, my my co-founder here at Psychic, Andrew Austin, is a uh, was a close friend of mine at Babson. Yep. Um, it was great. I learned everything I needed to do to learn. I had some good experiences. I actually worked in Home Depot um, uh, in their strategy group in the summer between my first and second year. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, had had a great run there. And then after coming out of a grad school, I took a job. I got a great opportunity to work for Accenture um, mm-hmm. in consulting. Yep. So I worked in, at the time, it was about as entrepreneurial as Accenture was going to get because yeah, it was right. their, their, they called it the marketing sciences group. Um, it's really at the cutting edge of this. I don't know how familiar you are with econometric modeling and market re- marketing return on investment. It's really at the, at the start of that. Okay. Um, absolutely brilliant people, absolutely amazing um, clients to work for. Uh, I did that for about five years. Um, and, uh, and then that planted the seed for uh, the managing director, my managing director at, at Accenture, left to start this company called MoFilm. Yeah. And MoFilm uh, was a, is a global creative crowdsourcing platform. So uh, we built a global community of filmmakers and scriptwriters and animators mm. um, creating content for brands, right? So we took direct aim at an, an agency model or an advertising model that, you know, we felt really strongly, and I think the industry says this, that it's, it's you know, it's inefficient, it's bloated, it's very hierarchical. Um, there's got to be a better way to do this, right? Yeah. So. Uh, we built this crowdsourcing platform to do that. Um, the company was based in London. I was brought on board as part of the founding team to launch North America. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that. That was back in 2011. Um, we started uh, slowly and grew very quickly. Uh, again, it allowed me to extend my entrepreneurial experience. And um, we actually sold the company in 2015, summer of 15. And uh, it prompted me to start thinking about what's my next step. Yeah. And I just became, in my time at MoFilm, I became such a believer in community-based businesses, right? The power of building a community to, um, to actually provide a service that makes the process better, faster, cheaper. Right? Yeah. Uh, and that's what really planted the seed in my head around what's another industry that is inefficient, inconvenient, yeah. ust- untrustworthy, frustrating, et cetera. Um, and we started looking at home improvement. My, one of my closest friends and another co-founder, the third co-founder, Dave Dombrowski, he, uh, he spent 10 plus years running a concierge handyman business here on the South shore. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's, he's also one of those really gifted, uh, interesting guys. You know, he was a Berkeley music guy and ran, it was part of a uh, pretty successful band in Boston. And so we're kind of a, a, 
all of us have our own sort of tapestry <laughs> yeah. of backgrounds and experiences. And we all kind of got together and said, this is an interesting idea. Um, and so this was back in, we started ideating on Sidekick in, the, in, the, in December of 15, um, which is probably right around the time when, when I met you. Yeah, yep. Uh, and then we, we opened our doors in September of 16. Yeah. So here we are. So what's it been like starting a business on the South Shore? Uh, it's been great. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, one of the things that we really strongly believe, if you take a step back and think about home improvement broadly, right, and, you know, you think about it's a very crowded space, you know, whether it's large players like Home Advisor or Thumbtack or whether it's really local players, um, you know, it's just a crowded field, right? Yeah. It's saturated. Um, and, you know, we feel that, that you know, myself, it's like, as a homeowner, and and I'm I'm of of the three co-founders, I'm the one I'm the least DIY of all of them. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, let let everybody know by the way that that I'm not the one doing the work. On these. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sort of the back end, and there's a reason for that. Um, but no, but but we started thinking about like you know what as a homeowner, mm. how would I find good quality help? Right? How do mm. I find people that I can rely on? Well, I always use my network, right? And so. Um, you know, it was always about asking somebody, do you know a good contractor? Do you know a good electrician or, plumber right. or whatever it is? Right. And, you know, what I've found as we've, as I've started to live, you know, spent the years here now in South Shore, and again, not even, not even being originally from here, I've just found that, that for a business like ours, that takes a real focus on a hyper-local approach to growth. Um, you know, we're so community oriented and we feel strongly that if we do that well, that's how the business will grow. Yeah. You know, an area like South Shore has been great. Um, it's a tight-knit community. There's a lot of people who, I mean, yourself included, who are from this area. And so, you know, those, those, uh, those relationships run deep and, and word of mouth is strong. Yeah. Um, trust is high. Um, and, you know, South Shore is an opportunity where it's like there's just a lot of it's, it's a very transient community and yet it's also got some real roots to it, if that makes sense, sort mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Uh, conflicting thoughts. But, but I think it does set up really nicely for new businesses, to be honest. Yeah. So to get into kind of the nuts and bolts of yeah. it. So you mentioned, you know, you just essentially described the problem, but how, how do you guys, yeah. how does Psychic go about kind of solving that problem? Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, we, if you think about, again, everybody, this is what's amazing about, the industry and it's also sad and frustrating that literally everyone you talk to has some horror story about yeah. whatever home improvement experience they've had, right? Yep. Whether it's nobody calls them back or mm. or they call you back and they come in and they take and, and they start a process or a project and they leave. Mm-hmm. They take half the money and they walk away or it's unfortunate. Now all that being said, there are amazing contractors out there. Yeah. And what was interesting about this is that like as I applied a lot of my MoFilm experience, you know, there are good filmmakers and there are crap filmmakers, yeah. right? There are trustworthy, reliable filmmakers and they're assholes, right? This yep. is the nature of that space. And I firmly believe that if you have a platform that is of the highest integrity and that focuses on sort of delivering core elements of quality and convenience and trust and credibility, you know, you're going to attract the right people. And yeah. if you don't, 
you have to set up a system of accountability that allows you to get rid of that those mm-hmm. the bad apples, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, f- for us, um, you know, when we when we think about the nuts and bolts of the industry, it was like this is a great opportunity for us to kind of bring a level of service to an industry that heretofore hasn't had that, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's it's happened too infrequently, right? Dave's business, Concierge Handyman. I mean, the name Concierge Handyman suggests that it's a it's a focus on customer service, and that's what he's done so well. Right? Yeah. So we kind of looked at that and said, "There's a model here. There's it's there's an opportunity here for us to deliver a significant amount of value and trust and credibility and convenience to homeowners that that they otherwise haven't had experience doing." Right? Yeah. So um, so that's <clears throat> been the real focus for us, to be honest. It's been how do we create a concierge type model? I mean, we've played along played around a lot with different names and this and that, but at the end of the day, it's a home improvement concierge uh, company or platform. And we act as, we do two primary things. We act as a single point of contact for homeowners uh, and we act as a trusted advisor, right? Mm -hmm. So you have a financial advisor, you know, that handles your finances or you maybe meet, you know, once a quarter or twice a year. Why wouldn't you have an advisor for your home? Yeah. One of your most important asset you yeah, know, right. in your life. Why wouldn't you have somebody that you can trust that can be your single point of contact? So that's what we're aiming to build. We're aiming to sort of cut through, you know, we, we use this phrase tech enabled concierge service, right? Mm-hmm. Technology is out there. Communication tools are out there to make the process more efficient, more enjoyable, more convenient. Um, we should be able to put together an approach and a service that it uses that information uh, or that those tools and resources uh, to deliver a high quality of service. Yeah. Um, and it's your home. Like, I don't give a shit who drives me from point A to point B, but I care who comes into my home, mm. right? And so there needs to be <clears throat> a, a level of touch that that is made more efficient by using technology, but it should not be replaced by technology. If that right. makes sense. Right. So how did you go about kind of building a network of trustworthy individuals? So I know you started yeah. in Hingham, at least, with kind of... Yeah. One guy who went out and was kind of the the guy that vouched for kind of the initial network, right? Well, a couple of things that we do is is first of all we take what's called a pod growth strategy, right? So what I mean by that is the pod we start we we target an anchor town in any market we're going into. Yeah, South Shore is the best example because it's the most real one right now. Is that you know we we would target an anchor town in this case Hingham, right? So we'd start there. And we'd leverage our own network. We'd do a couple of things. Like I, we would li- literally send emails out to friends in the area that says, say, literally, like, here's what we're doing. Here's the platform. Here's what we're looking for. You know, we're looking for, we have pretty strict criteria for the type of contractors we look for. Yeah. Um, it's not open to everybody. You have to be either referred or recruited. Um, we need guys who are responsive, who do good quality work, who are professional, who, you know, have very good communication skills. Um, but it starts with our own personal networks, right? Mm-hmm. Off the back of that, I got, I'm not kidding, like 80 different referrals yeah. um, across all different skills. Um, so the power of the network is there, right? And, and in a new market where maybe none of us are from, uh, you still will find in, the, in, in this day and age, you will find somebody who knows somebody who's in that market, right? Yeah, you can yeah. act as a local advocate. So you know, driving that local awareness um, and using the local networks has been huge for us to build the community. And once we once we get these names, right? I mean, like I said, you know, Hingham is a good example. There are thirty some odd painters in Hingham, right? Yeah. Um, but we're not going to carry thirty. We're going to carry one yeah. or two, right? Or whatever the demand requires, right? Mm-hmm. So our ability to to manage the supply demand 
uh, equation is important because what it does is that number one, it allows us to um, to hold the system accountable, right? Hold the contractors accountable. If yeah. if you're not meeting the standards that we set for with our homeowners, um, then you'll get kicked out of the community, right? Um, so it gives us the sort of policing ability that that you otherwise wouldn't have, or that take a home advisor or a thumbtack or tackle. I mean. Those are all great, but they're just lead generation platforms, right? Yeah. They're literally just, those guys are buying your lead, mm-hmm. right? And you're not even getting any service, right? You have to now all of a sudden handle five different leads that guys bought right. you know, or five different referrals, right? Right, exactly. So so for us, this idea of curating the community was really important, but leveraging our own local network to do that. Yeah. So kind of the, the major value for me as a ho- homeowner yeah. in Hingham, right, is that I'm just calling you. This is what I need done. I'm paying you. It's all done through you. I don't have kind of, you know, the juggling of, of one guy painting and one guy and, and yeah. dealing with different yeah, I mean, aspects exactly. of, you know, of home improvement. Look, at the end of the day, like what's, what's, what's the real value to the homeowner, right? Yeah. To the homeowner, aside from the, 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 what we really aim to focus on, which is, you know, delivering convenience and trust and credible, credibility, et cetera. You know what it boils down to is that it's it's a way more efficient use of time. Um, you know, rather than you have like like take Thumbtack or Home Advisor example, right? Yeah. When you go on a Home Advisor, uh, you launch a project into that, and you'll get fifteen different names, right? Mm. And you know, there's excuse me, there are reviews attached to them, but you don't know if those reviews are legit or if they're you know like yeah, Yelp yeah, reviews, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. And so you're still stuck with managing them and you got to call them and you got to scope them and you got to do all these different things for us in our model. We handle the scoping of the job. We handle the budgeting. We handle the scheduling. Uh, we provide issue resolution throughout the process. So if yeah. anything happens, and this is important because like if anything happens on the job, you know, without Sidekick, you're kind of left on your own as a homeowner. Mm. With Sidekick, you actually have built-in insurance, if you will, mm. right? Um, and then we close out the job, we invoice the job, and we won't pay our contractors until the job is approved by you, the homeowner. Right? Yeah. So just think about that process. And you know, there, what's interesting is like a lot of our homeowners will come to us and they'll say, they all have different reasons why they like the platform, which is great. Mm. Like our retention's really high, our word of mouth is really high. And some people love it because you know, we're able to provide expertise on pricing, right? Yeah. For example, yeah. right? You go and you want to get this room <clears> painted, <throat> you'll get somebody who says it's $800, somebody who says it's $1,500, another person who says it's three grand. Yeah. And you're like... And you don't know if one's really what? way better quality. <laughs> like, well, or I picked the one in yeah. the middle, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, what does yeah. that even mean? Like, yeah. it, it just shows you how subjective the pricing is, mm. right? But if you have a trusted advisor who's working on your behalf, who has the industry knowledge, and that's important to even mention that, like has the industry knowledge to kind of call bullshit or to say this is what the market rate should be for this, mm-hmm. um, that has real value, right? Yeah. We, you know, our sidekicks, this is important. They're not, you know, they're not good project management kids out of college. They they have good organizational skills, but they're, they're industry experts. They have spent time either as a handyman or maybe as a property manager, so they know how to scope jobs. They know what the budget roughly should be. So they've got good industry experience. They've got local experience. Um, you know, what it costs to do something in one town might be different than what it costs in another mm. town. Um, and that all of that works on behalf of the homeowner yeah. in the end. Yeah, um, cool. And then for the contractors, like what's amazing, this is, you know, what's really cool to see is that uh, the contractors themselves, because we do all of the scoping, the budgeting, the invoicing, the scheduling, 
we're literally taking 75% of their admin off of their plate, right? Mm -hmm. So think about that. Like for them, they're getting highly qualified leads, right? They're getting 75% of their admin getting taken care of, which is allowing them now to increase their capacity. Yeah, very cool. Their revenue earning hours are increasing. And that was, honestly, that was like an unexpected like benefit of yeah. the business. Yeah. We didn't even think about that as much. And yeah. Cause we made a decision not to focus too hard on the, on the contractor side when it comes to providing services and stuff, yeah. but just the way the, the model works, um, it has enabled that. And it's been great. We're getting guys calling us now and saying like, how do we get to become part of this? Yeah. It's cool. very cool. So what's kind of the most common, uh, job you guys do? Is there like around mm. here, is there a very common call you guys are getting? Or is it across the board? Yeah. Uh, it's pretty broad, to be yeah. honest. I mean... Anything of, from, like, what's, like... Are you guys doing, like, additions? Like, are you well, doing that big? Like, or is it... So, so here's what, one of my favorite things to see is, um, is how a job... Like, we'll get a job request, and it'll be small, right? Mm. Initial, just somebody, you can tell, and I'm, I'd be the same way. Like They're kind of feeling it out. Dipping their toe in the yeah. water and being like, all right, this sounds interesting. I mean, yeah. let me just, I've got to, I got to hang a TV, or I've got to fix a, a recessed lighting in my house, yeah. something like that, right? And I can't tell you how many times this has happened. And, and you know, homeowners can contact us in a couple of different ways, right? They can go on our website, psychichome.com. Mm-hmm. They can go on our Facebook page. They can direct message us. They can text us. Yeah. They can call us. They can email yeah. us. I, I just, not to cut you off, but just having dealt with, you know, yeah. painters and whatnot in the past. Yeah. It's almost always you're calling them. They never get back to you. It's amazing. Like, I just want to shoot a text out and have a guy over Absolutely. tomorrow. Absolutely. You know and mean? by the way, that's, yeah. we, we, we put, yeah. We put a lot of emphasis on responsiveness yeah. in our business model. Right. Uh, you will get a call back within 24 hours, if not the same day. Yeah. Right. And and this is where that single point of contact comes into play, right? Yeah. Because, you know, if a job is a little bit more complicated than you as the homeowner think it might be, and by the way, that happens all the time. Like, yeah. if I think to myself, I got to put this, you know, TV up on the wall. Seems pretty easy to me, like, I don't yeah. know. But as I said, I'm not the DIYer of the group, so right. I don't know the complexities of what's behind the wall or any of that other crap. Yeah, yeah. But all that stuff is taken care of, you know, when you have a sidekick overseeing it, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, for us, in terms of what I was going back to, my, my some of my favorite types of jobs and what you see all the time is it'll start with this hang a TV on my wall. Somebody will text us. Yeah. And then literally within the five-minute exchange between the sidekick or the assistant sidekick who's responding to these leads and the homeowner, um, all of a sudden the homeowner will say, you know what, you know, while I have you, yeah. I've got 10 <laughs> yeah. other jobs. Yeah. And next thing you know, there's this one, you know, we've expanded into Metro West um, and we did a, a job for a client in Wellesley and it started as he needed us to help replace the smoke detectors in their house, right? Mm-hmm. We now have since done 15, within like six weeks, 15 other jobs. We're doing... Uh, <laughs> We built this steam shower in his house. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all off of a smoke detector, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And what I love about that just is I love that to me so shows that the platform is working, that people are trusting us, that people are, that we're doing a good enough job building that relationship early on. Um, you know, it's actually led us to launch a membership program. So we now have an annual membership program, mm. which is super exciting. It's kind of like, yeah our version of Amazon Prime. Like, you can go in to Amazon and buy your book one-off, but you can pay a little extra money for the year and get some nice benefits like two-day shipping or content or anything like that. Same kind of idea here where you can launch a project, you know, one-off with Sidekick, but 
you know, we for a for a pretty low annual fee, you get some really nice benefits that allow us to continue to build that relationship with a homeowner. I mean, yeah. what happens now is that we're having so many homeowners coming back to us with more work that they want to get done. A lot of it's also advisory. So you asked the question about like additions. You know, we've had people say, "I love that you did the you know five small jobs in my house, but we're now thinking about uh, building a half a million dollar addition to our house." Yeah. Right? Yeah. We've made a decision at this time that we're not going to execute those jobs, mainly because um, you know it's just for us to become project managers on something like that. It's very time intensive, mm-hmm. um, but. We now pre-qualify and vet good quality yeah. GCs and builders in the area, just like we do plumbers and electricians and others. So we will have guys that that we trust that get our model that that we can actually, um, you know, that's one of the hardest things for homeowners is in that in a project of that size is yeah. to know where to start mm-hmm. and what's the scope and how do you get the right budget and how do you find the right people, right? Yep. We will help on that front end, but as soon as you get connected to that GC who's going to execute that job, that's when we walk away. Yeah. So we'll even provide a certain level of consultative services on a project of that size. And it's, we've had those. We've had the whole range of everything. Yeah. Which is pretty exciting. Very cool. Cool. On the on the business side, yeah. the business model-wise, you're, you're charging a fee or you're taking a percentage or how does that Yeah, does so that we, we make money um, on, we, we charge a 5% fee to the homeowner, yep. right? That's the quote-unquote upcharge, right? It's yep. administrative fee and it's, it's capped at 5%. And why that's important is that, you know, we, we tell our homeowners, look, you know, we're not going to be the cheapest and we're yep. not going to be the most expensive. We are going to be what you should be paying, right? Mm. Because... Mm. 90% of the time when somebody comes in low, it's because they're trying to get the job and they're they're either going to cheap out in the long run or you're going to get hit with budget changes throughout yeah. the process, right? Yeah. So we we try to nail down what it should cost at the outset. Um, and, you know, we feel really strongly that, that that's our way of cutting through the subjectivity of pricing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You know. So you guys are on the South Shore. Yeah. Metro West, you have a big expansion plan for January yeah. uh, to get into Connecticut and parts of New York. Is that right? Yeah, so we're super excited. We are um, we are in full expansion mode. Um, we're going to be entering at least 12 new markets, up mm. to 15 new markets. When I say markets, I, you know, South Shore, for example, would be one market. Um, Metro West, you could argue, is a couple of markets. But ultimately, geographically, we will be all throughout Eastern Mass, so from... North Shore represent all the way down, <laughs> all the way across through yeah. Metro West, as far out as like Acton, Littleton, that area, yeah. uh, Worcester, just east of Worcester, all the way down through the South Shore, mm-hmm. and then pockets of Connecticut, so Connecticut Shoreline, um, Fairfield County, yeah. um, Simsbury, Glastonbury by Hartford, and then pockets of Westchester County. Yeah. So. Super exciting. Um, the membership program has has taken off. It's mm. been great. Homeowners love it. Um, so between the market expansion and the new services like the Plus membership, it's been very exciting. Yeah. So it so that's two years. It sounds like you guys are killing it, growing fast. I mean, what's been the one biggest challenge? Would you say with with getting this this community that you've built that is obviously very strong? Yeah. You know now, what was the biggest challenge? <sighs> I wouldn't. Well, I mean, I I guess the biggest the biggest challenge, honestly, has been, um, you know, proving concept, mm. right? Yeah. And 
and in by doing so raising money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, this is not a this is not a capitally intensive business. Right model but it does re- certainly require a seed capital and we've got some amazing investors that have helped us kind of get to this point um i think that's been the biggest challenge i mean the, to be honest like you know we set out i was saying this to you earlier like we set out a year ago when we opened up shot we said look we have three main objectives that we want to prove right we want to prove that there's customer demand so prove that customers want this right that we're hitting a pain point we want to establish the fundamentals of the business so you know, what is the business model? What is the pricing model? Yeah. How do we hire new psychics? How do we build new communities? How do we market to those communities? Anything that that focuses on the operations and the fundamentals of the business, we wanted to establish those, right? Yeah. And then the third thing is understanding the economics, right? So what's the profitability model look like, right? And I will say, you know, those were, you know, I've got amazing partners. Um, we've got an amazing team of people that, that are helping us and growing this. And we're excited because we've done all three of those now. Like the business, we, we figured it out. Yeah, you know, we have figured it out. Um, and I use the analogy like the car is running, it's in drive, and now it's just about accelerating, mm. right? Yeah. And we we got a chunk of money in mm. from a great investor who, you know, really believes in the model. And we kind of said to ourselves, ourselves like, should we just continue to slow growth this thing um, and and kind of drag the process along, or do we go big? Mm. And you know. We feel like we figured it out, so we're ready to go big. Yeah. Um, so that's been, you know, the challenges have been, you know, there's been a lot of sort of smaller challenges in terms of like, um, you know, just understanding operationally how we are set up, um, CRM systems, things like that. Mm-hmm. I can tell any any entrepreneurs out there that are listening, especially those in a service-based model, like don't overthink it. Yeah. Like come up with a concept, yeah. simplify the approach. And then test, learn, iterate, and prove. Like yeah. that's how we do it. Yeah. So we literally—it's funny. Quick anecdote: we we started, as I said, when we were when we first met back in early 2016. We were convinced, and still are, that that a mobile app would be great for this, right? right? And we went so far as you know, we got some people helping us out. We we created a prototype, um, really simplified the process. Really excited. We went through and vetted mobile app developers yeah. in the Boston area. Yeah. We found one that we really like. We still do. They're great. And we were about ready to press go, and then we were like, we had raised a hundred thousand dollars at the time, mm-hmm. and we said, "Shit! Like, why are we going to spend seventy five percent of our money on an app that we're yeah. not even sure people want?" Yep. Right. And then we got to then we got to go get people to adopt it and mm-hmm. you know, download it and everything like that. So we said, "We're a service model. Like, let's just open up. Yeah. <laughs> <We> literally, <laughs> like, hang a shingle and go yeah. and start doing some some projects. Right. And do the same thing as you ended up doing with Facebook Messenger and. Total grassroots, yeah. like, you know, work the network, um, deliver the service at the quality we know we can, um, and in exchange, ask for, you know, word of mouth, for advocacy, things like that. And I'll tell you, it's been, it was, it was one of the best decisions we made as a business. Mm. Um, because now, like, you know, you, you mentioned this earlier, it's like, wow, that's quick. Like, it's quick to get to the growth plan that we're in. And it's, you know, we have, we have clear vision on net income positive by the middle of the of next year, which for a business that will be under two years of operation is pretty amazing. Yeah. And we got to that point because we were quick to get out there and start testing and start yeah. improving and start figuring out like what are the what are the holes in the model and, and how do we how do we improve them and, and make them more efficient overall. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So what's uh, five years from now or, or ten years from now? What's Domination. big, what's big <laughs> picture? Yeah, what's the what's the end goal here with Sidekick? I don't know, man. That's a good question. Um, 
Look, I mean, our mission really simply is to inspire people to do more for their home. So mm. not to get too cheesy and soft, but like at the end of the day, you know, I'm a homeowner. Our friends are our co-partners are all homeowners. You know, you should be doing more for your home in a way that's more proactive. Right. It's mm. more about proactively managing your home because uh, it is your single most important asset. So five years from now, I mean, I hope that we're across the nation. I hope yeah. that our membership program plus membership is as big as as prime is, you know, in terms of its, of its, uh, membership status and, and the services we're able to offer. And, uh, you know, I really, I really believe that we are creating a new category around tech enabled concierge services. Um, nobody is doing this to this degree right now. I think we're, we're on the cusp of something really exciting. Um, you know, my big dream is, is I guess would be, to say that, you know, if I think about the business and I tell this to the team all the time, we're not a home improvement company. We're a customer service company. Mm-hmm. And it's why we landed on the name Psychic, right? The name Psychic is meant to suggest advocacy, trust, you know, yeah. advisory. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to think big, you could say, think about other aspects of your life where that are reliant upon a service model where you would love to have a trusted advisor. Yeah. It could be psychic legal. It could be psychic insurance. It yeah. could be psychic travel. Yeah, psychic I'm thinking health. automobile. I'm thinking Automo- automobile. I mean, <laughs> yeah. my father-in-law, God bless him. He's he's a used car dealer, and he's the one who actually <laughs> for, he's the one who actually put us on the path of our pricing model, which was he has, he has a great saying. He says, "Build the job, not the address." Yeah. Right? He's absolutely right. Yeah. Like, build the job, not the address. Mm-hmm. Right? Do what it should cost. Right? And. You know, he's he's the one who took a lot of pride. He, he uses this phrase, uh, I'm a used car dealer with a conscience, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's true. Like, automobile is a great example of something like that, right? Yeah. So, look, I mean, I you know, am I sitting here and saying that in five years' time we're going to have psychic, legal, and auto and all these others? Probably not, or maybe, but... But I do believe that 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 we're starting something really exciting in the industry around tech enabled concierge services, and you know I think Psychic will be a big part of that. Awesome, yeah. Well, I got one more for you. Yeah. I know I know you need to get to the Celts. I go to the Celts, man. Um, <laughs> um, where can uh, people kind of reach out, yeah. get a hold of you? Uh, yeah, give us give yeah, us. Yeah, I mean PsychicHome.com. PsychicHome.com. Um, email is you can email info at psychichome.com. Um, our, on our website is the phone number, the text, you know, you, you name it. There's a lot of different ways you can um, you can reach out to us. I will say that that uh, you know, if you live in any one of the markets that we're expanding into or are currently in, like best way to do it is give it a try. Like yeah. seriously, give it a shot. Get, go think about a couple things in your house uh, that you need help on and even if this isn't meant to, you know, make you feel bad, if you feel like you can't do it, it's like, that's not the point of it. It's sort of, how do we give time back to the homeowners? So give it a shot, like go find something, send it to us. And, you know, a sidekick will contact you and put the whole thing together. Awesome. And all social media is at sidekick home for the most part. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we're, we, we are in the process of talking to T-Mobile to try to get back sidekick.com, you know, but uh, apparently that was a popular thing. Did you have a sidekick when you were growing up? I didn't even know what it was like no, a texting so. thing or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. But interesting. Uh, anyway, so yeah, it's exciting. Um, we're uh, we're super, you know, you know, super excited for our growth plans, and it's good to be a part of this. Yeah, I'm cool. excited to see what you guys got coming on. This is going to yeah, be great. Yeah, absolutely. So, so last question here: we have this thing at Three South. Yeah. Um, called what we call the Daily Stoke. Okay. So we are very fired up that we live in an amazing area on the South Shore. 
And instead of kind of, and we were talking a little bit about this before, instead of, <clears throat> you know, wishing we were out in LA and yeah. able to, you know, do certain things and go to cool places, let's bring that here and, and develop kind of that, that community here. So we have this, this term that we like to use daily stoke, meaning okay. just the cool things we do when we have a free Saturday or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I'd ask you what, what's kind of your daily stoke. If you have a free Saturday or Sunday or free weekend on the South shore, how are you spending it? Oh man. You realize again, I'm a North shore kid. And so <laughs> I, you, I feel like this is you, a loaded if question. You, you want to say you're going to scoot to the North shore. I literally felt like we just took the last hour to get to that question. <laughs> that was it. And you're going to, you're going to share this with all my buddies up in the North. Shore. I mean, North shore is close, you no, know no. I mean? Um, it's a, it's a great question. Um, you know, Look, I, I am a, uh, I, I feel like I live my life by seasons, like mm-hmm. literally. Like I'm one of those guys where like in the winter I'll have brown liquor and in the summer I'll have clear liquor, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Or like yeah. a, a stout in the winter or a, you know, amber yeah. in, the, uh, in the summer. And so can I caveat my daily stoke with the seasonality? So like yeah. if it's summertime, we go to the Cape, yep. right? And, and both my, my in-laws and my family have a place down there, so we're down there all the time. Uh, although I will say in the winter time, like we went down to, um, if you've got kids, man, go to Edaville. That place is, yeah. uh, it's, where's that? Edaville Railroad is in Carver, Mass. Yep. Okay. It's, it's shit ass crazy in the winter time mm-hmm. and in, in the holidays because it's just chaotic, but the lights down there are cool. Kids love it. They've got a whole, um, you know, new Thomas the train kind of yeah. place. You can see where my head is at with the kids, you know, yeah, three no, kids absolutely. under the age of yeah. nine. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good place. Um, yeah, and and look, you know, we live in Hingham. We got some great places around us. You go to to Nantasket Beach. You go yep. to you know down to the the marshlands and you know uh, down in Marshfield in that area. It's funny because like going from the north north shore, everything's rocky. Down here, everything is marsh. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, so it's but there's a lot you could do by going down to those areas. So. Yeah. Those are a couple of examples, yeah. you know. So seasonal, seasonal stoke. Seasonal stoke, dude. That's <laughs> like a, that's a new line of question. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Sponsored yeah, by to, Sidekick. I'm gonna have to work that in. Yeah. Seasonal stoke. Yeah. It, it gives them some, gives uh, it gives to the guy some some options. I guess yeah. that's one thing. But yeah. Um, well, uh, well, thank you again. And, and what you're doing with, with Sidekick is is awesome, and it's it's cool to see that happening and hang him in the South Shore. And uh, so keep it up. Yeah. Same with you, man. I appreciate. Like Pat's been a big supporter of psychic from the early days and I'm excited about your new ventures and you know, keep us posted, man. Absolutely. Best Thanks, of luck man. to you. All right. Yeah. Appreciate Take, it. Bye.